Hi, my name is Nora Jessica, and this is Soul Regimen. Soul Regimen is our opportunity to connect as kingdom entrepreneurs. Whether you're just getting started, you have a vision and an idea, or you've been in business for several years, this is our chance to talk about what it means to be a kingdom entrepreneur, a kingdompreneur, right? What does it mean to invest yourself in ministry, but in business as well? This is the conversation that I want to have with you today on Solo Regiment. So today on Soul Regimen, I really wanted to just have a conversation about kingdom identity. And one of the things that you know about me and we talked about in our last episode is I have grown up from a legacy of faith. So there are pastors in my family. I grew up in church. I've seen ministers and missionaries, evangelists, apostles, bishops. I grew up in the type of settings where you see miracles happen. I grew up in the types of settings where you see people speaking in tongues. You see people being uh, there, lay, you know, laying hands. And I, what, one of the things that I saw growing up was I saw my parents living and walking in faith. Yet when it came time for me to carry that out as an adult, I struggled. I struggled a lot. And one of the things that happened was that over time, I begin to rely on the rituals and on the religion, on the routines of church rather than relying on relationship. And a lot of times as business owners, you know, we can give our tithes faithfully and we can check these boxes, but are we truly kingdompreneurs? Are we truly the people and the business leaders, the entrepreneurs, the change makers? the trailblazers that God is truly calling us to be. And that's what I want to talk about today. Today we're talking about owning your kingdom identity. You have to own who you are in the kingdom, not just in business, not just uh, your skills and your resources, your relationships, you know, not just how much you make every year in your tax bracket, not just the logo on your brand and on your website, but who are you really? What is your kingdom identity? You know, when the storms come and when the winds blow, we have to be able to stand on the shore foundation. We have to be able to rely on our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus Christ to iron out all the wrinkles because we are broken people, right? We have insecurities, we have fears, and we have stories and we have scripts that, needed, that need to be rewritten. So one of the things that I struggled with was fear. I struggled with insecurity and I struggled with doubt. And a lot of times what would happen is if someone in my life, a friend or family member, confirmed that fear that I already had, that even if they never confirmed it, even if they never did anything, it was something that, it was, that was in my mind. So sometimes you can have fears and insecurities within yourself and someone else will just come and they'll say something that will bring what's already within you. They'll just bring it out. So one of the things about, you know, church is that you have relationships and those relationships sharpen you. Those relationships challenge you. But a lot of times if you are wounded and if you are hurting, 
sometimes when people sharpen you or they challenge you, it feels like they're attacking you. And that's why, you know, some people, they come up with this term saying church hurt, but it's just like nobody ever says work hurt or family hurt, but it's a term that we've coined because we expect church people to be perfect. And it's, that's just not true. I'm not perfect. And I'm sure that I've hurt a lot of people, you know, just in my own sharp ways that I can have in my own insecurity. And sometimes I could be so much in my head that I would not even be able to connect with someone because of my own fear, because of my own awkwardness. So one of the stories that I struggled with was the story of the unwanted child, because I told you I'm adopted. So as an adopted child, as I grew older, I, you know, I felt acceptance, but then when I went out into the world, I felt like I needed to make myself belong. So I began to tell, I began to tell myself the same story, even in the church world, even at home, that became part of my internal script. The story of the unwanted child. Do you want me? Do you love me? Do you accept me? So anywhere I went, I was looking for someone to validate that story. And if I didn't receive that validation, then that was painful for me. And, you know, one of the things that the enemy will do is he will use that opportunity um, to isolate you. He will use the opportunity of your pain, even when, you know, your pastors or your leaders may be trying to, to make you better. Your parents, even, you know, your parents can say something to you that will that will sharp, that will hit you, you know, hard. But it's true. And even the Bible says that the word of God is like a two edged sword. A two edged sword does not feel good. You know, but sometimes the word of God is going to prick you in your heart. It's going to it's going to uh, chisel you and it's going to be painful. But that pain is for a purpose. And a lot of times, you know, because I was immature in Christ and when we're immature in Christ and we're not ready to grow, we take that pain and we want to leave the church. We take that pain and now we want to isolate ourselves and we don't want to deal with people. Well, here's the thing. Everyone is going through something. Everyone is afraid. Everyone is going through insecurity. Everyone feels doubt. Everyone is going through something, whether it's financial, whether it's relationship, whether it's a trust issue. Everyone experiences these things. So as children of God, now our job is to surrender ourselves to Christ and allow trust God to put us through that process. So even if it's painful, even if someone says something that may hurt me, my job is now to go to God in prayer, in my quiet time and say, okay, God, is it true? Okay, God, what is it in me that's bringing this situation out over and over again? So, you know, a few years back, I didn't, I wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to sit with God and say, okay, God, I have a relationship with you. Now, let me ask you this question about this thing that I don't understand. Is this true about me? Does this person love me? Are they trying to help me? You know, what is it that I don't see? Why do I feel angry about this? What is it within me that's causing me to experience this situation? And that's the work. That is the work of being a Christian. That is the fight. The fight is... Let me do the personal work of building a strong character, of developing integrity, of developing love, because love is not just, uh, you know, feeling good and roses and peaches and la la la. We just love each other. No, love is hard. You know, if you're married, you know, love is hard. Love is a challenge and it's going to push you to love someone even when they don't when they don't necessarily feel all that lovable. When I don't, when I'm not that lovable, my husband still has to make a choice to love me. 
And that's the, the journey of marriage. And that's why, you know, you see so many relationships that don't last because when times get hard, they're, they're, they're looking to go the other way. So one of the, the process, my journey in owning my kingdom identity is I had to uh, learn to accept the good and the bad in me and even not be threatened when someone else presented me with like, hey, Nora, you have this issue. Hey, Nora, you have this challenge. You need to work on this and not be angry and defensive and get an attitude and fight back. And it's still a journey. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, now I'm so perfect and now I have all this love. No, it's still a daily process. It's dying daily. If I trust me, if I do not get up in the morning and have my quiet time and pray, um, you might catch a different Nora, right? <laughs> but really, it's just the process of taking this information that this person is giving me and taking this experience, taking this thought and this idea and this challenge and submitting it to God. So one of the things that I experienced in that time um, was I, I felt rejected um, by leaders, by people that I loved and that I looked, looked up to. But it was really a reflection of my own fear and my own security. And I began to look elsewhere. And, and a lot of times that's what we'll do. We will go through a hard time with the person we love. You know, even in marriages, sometimes we we go through this hard thing and now, OK, let me focus on my business because my marriage isn't working out or OK, well, my finances are working, are working out. So let me get a credit card and go shopping. We numb ourselves, you know, and that's what I did. I numbed myself with um, with a lot of feel good spirituality practices. So one of the things that I experienced was just going through um, the practice of meditation. So meditation is a tricky thing because even the Bible says to, to meditate on the word day and night, right? But there's a new age practice of meditation where you sit and you're silent and you, you, you're, you're in receiving, they call it receiving mode. But my question is what exactly is it that you are receiving? If you're not receiving from God, if you're not receiving from the Holy Spirit, what is it that you are receiving? So um, so I got into the, the practice of meditation by just going through. I went on a 21 day fast, a detox. And sometimes when you're fasting and if you've ever fasted, then you've experienced this. You are open to the spirit world, period. So just as Jesus was tempted in the wilderness in Matthew chapter four, Jesus was open. He fasted for 40 days. He was open to the spirit spirit uh, world. That's why you need to have a good church. That's why you need a Bible based practice. You need to be reading your Bible, especially if you're fasting. How are you going to fast and you're not reading the Bible? Because what do you think is going to be pouring into you? How are you going to fast and be on social media all day or watching CNN or Fox News all day and, or or watching Netflix all day? All of that stuff is feeding your spirit. So when you fast, you're open spiritually. So I was fasting, but I was meditating on the wrong things. I was I was not meditating on the word of God. I tell you that much. Now, one of the things that happens is when you meditate, you're open spiritually. And I was fasting and I was meditating. So I began to get inclinations. I began to get a different understanding outside of the word of God. And this is a dangerous thing because I was already coming from a wounded place. And the enemy will use that wounded place to drive a wedge between you and God. He will drive a wedge in between you and the ones you love. And you really have to be careful with that because the enemy will use, if you give the devil an inch, he will take a mile. Like um, there's a song that says, 
um, don't let the devil, don't let the devil in the car because if you, if you let him in, then he'll want to drive. If you let him drive, then he'll no. If don't, um, don't let the devil ride. Cause if you let him ride, then he'll want to drive. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know all the words, but if you let him ride, he's going to want to drive. And that's basically what happened. So I went through this process where, you know, and this was not overnight. This was not a week. This was not a couple days. This was over the process of three and four years of the devil, the enemy providing me with evidence to build my story. So if you think about Cain and Abel, Cain had a whole story in his head about God didn't like him and Abel was his enemy. And he, he slew his brother. He literally killed his brother. Why? Because the, he let the enemy speak to him. Eve, I mean, just look at throughout history, you know, and we have to be careful about allowing the enemy to speak to us, even in times when we're weak, even when we're times when we're injured. We have to take those injuries and those wounds. We have to take those those questions and sit in the presence of God and not just I'm not talking about just sitting and being quiet and being in receiving mode and meditating and waiting for the enemy to whisper in your ear. I'm talking about reading the word of God. I'm talking about hearing the word of God, going to church listening to leadership and you know the, the bible even says i'm very weary of people who don't have pastors because the bible says how can we hear without a preacher you need someone that is professing the word of god in your life you need someone who is watching for your soul because when they come to a bible teaching and they come on a sunday morning and they're preaching the word of god over your life they have labored and i'm i, I mean i know because i see my dad i see my mom laboring in the word of god i see them praying for the saints and i and my, i mean everyone in my family a lot of people in my family my sister my brother-in-law my cousins like i see them laboring in the word of God. This is not just something that you just want to get up on a Sunday and you just want to preach and look cute. No, this is a daily work. You know, it's a daily work of opening the Bible, of reading the Bible, of getting an understanding from God, of living holy and pure, because guess what happens? God is only going to use a vessel that's as pure as that he can flow through. So if you have a dirty glass and you throw, you put clear water in a dirty glass, guess what's going to happen to the clear water? It's going to be dirty. So they have to have a lifestyle that matches what they're preaching. Amen. So even just, um, just going through, you know, this process of, you know, being isolated from the ones that are trying to help me, even in that process, um, I became distant. I became distant. And it, it's just like Cain, you know, sometimes when you become distant, um, Cain made a bad decision because he was isolated and because he was not, he did not hearken to the voice of the Lord. So even when God told him like, Hey, you know, sin lies at the door. He's sitting there telling him, listen, if you don't, if you don't listen to what I'm saying, and if you don't repent and change your ways, if you don't do this thing the right way, I'm trying to tell you, okay, these vegetables, this is not really a good sacrifice. This isn't what I had in mind. Why don't you try something different? Cain didn't say, oh, okay, let me try something different. Okay. No, no problem. He didn't want that. Let me try something else. No, he got angry about it. And then he got bitter about it. And then he committed sin. So even the Bible talks about how lust is conceived. And then it brings forth sin and then sin brings forth death. And this was the journey. This was the process that I experienced. And over time, I made a decision to move myself and to move my family to Georgia. 
Um, we, we, we left our church home. We left our, um, our hometown. I grew up in Maryland. I grew up in the DMV and we made a choice like, okay, this isn't working out. We don't think this is where God is moving us. So we're going to do this. We're going to go over here. And that was a decision that I made based on daily practice of spirituality of meditation, not reading God's word, being led astray of, and then just, you know, on, there's a lot going on out here in social media. There's a lot going on with these books and there's a lot of Christianity that's mixed in with new age spirituality talk. And it can be confusing if you are not rooted and grounded in the word of God. If you are not reading your Bible, and I, I honestly, I, I think the best decision I ever made was to read my Bible from the beginning to the end, because I have never heard God so, so clearly at then when I made that decision. And um, so if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not um, basing your life and your daily practices on the word of God, the enemy will use that as an opportunity to lead you astray, even in your business. You can, you know, operate in different business principles that, you know, maybe people, other people don't understand. But if you root your business in kingdom principles, the Bible says he gives you power to get wealth. So everything you do, whether it's your business, how you run your home, how you spend your money, everything should be grounded in that word of God, in that kingdom identity. So I have, I have my coffee right here, y'all. So I am, I am fired up. Okay, <laughs> so it has my it has my little N on it. See my little N. Boom, boom. I got my little N going on. So basically, what I'm saying is, you know, um, a lot of times we really need to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. And even as a person that grew up in church, even as a person who experienced God's presence and received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, be careful because the spiritual things are unseen. And the enemy will use, like even the Bible says that the devil can transform himself into an angel of light. This is not for us to be fearful. This is for us to be aware that the how, how the reason and the, the method and the measuring stick that you know the difference is the Bible. The Holy Bible, the word of God is going to tell you the truth about who you are. The Holy Bible is going to tell you, is going to give you direction for your life. It's going to lead you. It will not lead you astray. And here's the, here's the kicker. It helps fine tune your hearing so that you can hear God's voice. So you'll hear God's voice clearly because you know his voice because you've read his word. So it's like this. I wrote a book and if you read my book, you probably can hear me talking. You can hear me saying it. And if and if you're hearing me on this video or on a podcast or speaking at church, what I'm saying here is not a lot different from what I'm saying in my book because it's still my voice. It's just the written voice is the written word, right? So the Bible is the written word of God. So if you want to recognize how to hear a spiritual voice that you can't hear with your audible ear, but you can hear it in your spirit, the way that you fine tune that ability is through reading the word of God. Amen. So one of the things that I did was, you know, I went to Georgia. Um, we lived out there for about a year and the process. And I've never talked about this before, but I wanted to share the story because I believe that this that God's called me to share the story for one. And then number two is when you own your kingdom identity, 
every part of it is part of that kingdom identity. God doesn't throw parts of you away. He, he's the potter. He uses all of those pieces, the broken pieces, the messed up pieces, the failures, the setbacks, the places you embarrass yourself. God uses all of that and he remakes you and he remolds you into who you are called to be. And I believe, honestly, even in D.C., in this area, um, on YouTube, social media, um, Instagram, there's a lot, especially, I mean, I'm not really sure but about other communities, but it, as far as black women, I have seen so many black women get caught up in new age spirituality and think that it's okay to just do whatever you want and to to say I'm, I'm saved basically to say yeah yeah I'm you know I'm I'm flowing with the spirit to use abstract language to talk about the universe and the creator and we really have to be careful about just calling on the name of Jesus we have to call out the name of Jesus. We're not, I'm not talking about the universe. I'm not talking about the creator. I'm not talking about the source. Come on, don't get it twisted. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the son of God. I am talking about the Holy Spirit that, that Jesus said in John chapter 15 that he's gonna send a comforter. I'm talking about the Holy Bible, amen? So just in case you weren't, you didn't know who I was talking about, I want you to know this is who I'm talking about. So. You know, one of the things that we can we have to be careful about is getting caught up in this new age spirituality, because a lot of times like we can get into meditation um, to the tarot cards, the crystals, the rocks and the stones, burning incense, burning sage. I'm talking about spirit we, things we call new age spirituality, but it's really undercover witchcraft It's really undercover witchcraft. And the enemy is using these tools to capture our people. He's using these tools to get us in a stronghold where we can't get out. Let me explain. So I went to Georgia and I, the, the day, the day that I moved there, um, and, and mind you all this time throughout this process, probably over the course of the year or two years beforehand, I had been, um, going through the practice of meditation. Um, I had done things differently. I was not no longer following the Christian values and principles. Now I was still going to church. I was still kind of going through the motions. Um, but I wasn't really grounded the way that I used to be. I had drifted. I had, uh, I, the, the enemy had driven a wedge. So, you know, when we, when we, when we got there, things seemed to be going well. So if you remember the prodigal son, the prodigal son left and he was having a good time. He was partying, you know, he had tons of friends. Well, that's how things went. You know, I went, I got, I got a new job. I had two jobs, one, both of them working from home. I was making plenty of money. Um, I was getting clients, you know, I had, I had a, a master, a killer strategy um, to, to work my business from home. You know, I was doing all the things, right? All the things that you say you wanna do and it looked like I was prospering, but it was not real. So let me ask you this, is your success, it, are the things that, are your blessings, your so-called blessings, are they real? Are they authentic? It, can, can they be tested? Because, and the reason I say my stuff was not real because when I, I left an entire life of problems, I left all of the imp important relationships, the accountability. I left all of that behind. I didn't have to answer to anyone. So even whether I, I had integrity or not, whether I was doing the right things or not, I didn't, nobody was going to check me because I was doing what I wanted to do. So it wasn't real because it wasn't grounded in the word of God because it didn't last. It couldn't last. So over the course of this time, it looked like I was prospering. But here's what happened. Um, over, I think it was about six months, seven months, um, 
time time went by and my my skin began to break out so first i got a little rash on my neck um and you know it just never went away and then it got bigger and before you knew it my entire neck and i'll show you some pictures but my entire neck had broken out it was um red it was uh raw um i got a sensitivity to the sun um, I had really, really bad eczema. Um, my, 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 my arms were, were covered in bumps. Um, my hands were, um, I mean, they looked like, it looked like my hands were burned because um, they, they were so brown and red and they were covered in, in rashes. Um, I think the only clear part of my skin was my fingers. And even like in the webs of my fingers had um, little, like little bumps. And, and I was, I was literally, unavailable and I was literally um, unable to take care of my children I was in bed most of the day um, I went back and forth to hospitals trying to figure out what kind of treatment they could give me they couldn't give me anything they gave me um, hydrocortisone they said it was just eczema I tried essential oils I tried all these different things I tried new age spirituality I tried meditation I tried clearing myself I went to Reiki healers I tried um, um, just, you know, clearing myself, saying I am healed, I, uh, affirmations. Let me tell you, none of that stuff, the only thing, the only thing that works is the name of Jesus. So I went through this process. This was a process of about six months, seven months. I was, I mean, I, I have, let me tell y'all, I have never had eczema in my life, ever. Okay. So when I tell you that something was on me, something was on me. And I literally, so I was in the hospital. And so what happened was we went to Florida. My husband and I went to Florida, the whole family. And, you know, um, we went there and, you know, we went to the beach. We go to the beach every time we go. You know, we were, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to be healed. I'm still believing because, you know, I am free and I am, you know, the, I was just really believing in nothing, which it didn't really make sense. I was just trying to stay optimistic and I was self numbing through positivity and through spiritual practice. Um, and I'm not talking about Christian. I'm not talking about, um, I'm talking about that other stuff. Right. So I was trying to um, to self-medicate, but it was it was really bad, y'all. Like my neck was weeping at night. Like it was it was this this uh, liquid that was like I literally had to put paper towels on my neck at night. Um, like during the day, if, if I went out in the sun, my skin was so red, um, and then it, sometimes it would itch so bad. Like I, I would just ball up and on the floor. I mean, I went through a lot of pain. I went through a lot of pain. So we went we went to Florida. And, um, and we went to the beach and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna cover myself up. I'm gonna go to the beach and you know, the ocean water, maybe that'll heal, that'll be healing for me. Um, because I was still under this, uh, this kind of, um, natural earth, um, you know, put my feet in the grass and that'll just kind of following those types of practices. And, um, so I thought, you know, if I go in the ocean, then that'll be healing for me. And, and then, you know, I'll feel a little bit better. And, you know, maybe this trip is exactly what I need. So I went to the ocean and I, you know, I went in the water literally one time for about three minutes. And my skin burned so bad because I had been itching it. I had been scratching my skin so bad that I had little cuts all over my skin. And um, so I went in the water and it burned so bad I got right out of the water. And by the time, literally, by the time that we got home, my legs had swollen up so bad that I could not walk. 
And um, so my husband took me to the hospital. I spent about seven days in the hospital. They could not tell me what was wrong with me. And I know that was the Lord. I know it was the Lord. Um, and even if you look at Deuteronomy um, chapter 28, he talks about if you if you follow my word, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you in the city. I'm going to bless you in the field. I'm going to bless you when you come, when you go. You're going to be the lender, not the borrower. It tells you all these blessings. And then right after that, I don't know if it's chapter 29 or the end of chapter 28, Deuteronomy. But it says, if you don't do these things, oh, pestilence going to come up on you. You're going to have your skin is going to be itchy. Like it literally listed every single thing that happened to me. Um, we went through such a difficult time. Um, while we were there and I mean we we almost got evicted like three or four times um, I mean the car almost got repossessed it was just so much that happened in that season um, literally everything everything that could have happened went could did happen we were we were stripped of everything and so I was in that hospital and um, for about seven days and I think it was about the fifth day or the fourth day um, you know, I had been talking to my mom and telling her all this time, like what was going on. I was like, you know, I want to come home. Um, cause we had been in Georgia for about a year at that time as a fly. Um, we, had, I, we had been in Georgia for about a year at that time. And you know, um, it was not until I anointed my hospital room with olive oil and I called on the name of Jesus and I asked for forgiveness and God healed me like within a few days by the time, literally I went home within like three or four days. Um, I went back home to DC and literally by the time I went to the hospital, um, in DC, um, my, I, there was like literally no itching. Um, my, my swelling had gone completely down and it was, let me just tell you, like there was a restorative process. It wasn't like instantly out, everything was fine. Like my skin had darkened. My entire neck was like three or four shades darker than my face. Um, my, like the shape of my face was different. Um, I had cut all my hair off, so it was, I mean, I was looking pretty bad, y'all. <laughs> I was looking pretty bad. I wasn't looking like myself. Even when I, when I went to Florida, I never forget, my father-in-law just started crying as soon as he saw me because he saw the, the, just the sickness, like it was on me. Something was on me. It was, it was very, but God chose to heal me. He chose to deliver me. He chose to bring me out of that. Why? So I can be right here talking to you about, you know, the things that you might have thought about getting into or you might have thought, oh, this is OK. Oh, this is all right. You know, so and so said this and that. No, baby, you got to get in the word of God. You got to get in your Bible. You got to read. You got to know Jesus for yourself, because if you don't, anything can anything can jump on you. There's even a scripture in the Bible where it talks about somebody was, you know, saying, oh yeah, I come in the name of Jesus or, you know, laying hands on people. And then the demon jumped off and was like, Paul, I know Jesus, I know, but who are you? And then jumped on that person. I'm trying to tell you, you got to have that real power within you. You got to know that you know, that you know, that you know, that you have Jesus. Um, even there's a song that I love. And even in, in the song, he says, do you know him? Is he your father? Does he sing over you? Does, does Jesus sing over you? Does God sing over you in your quiet moments? You know, when, when, um, when, you know, when you're that quiet time with just you and him, do you have quiet time with just you and him? Does he sing over you? Is he, is he, uh, is he speaking to you? Is he, is he shutting your mouth when you're right before you say the wrong thing? So, you know, developing that, that solid, 
that that foundation that stability is is paramount it's so important because anything if you're in a place where you're looking at other people and you're just following what they do that's good it's gonna get you to a certain point but god wants you he wants all of you he wants you from your head to your toe he wants you from 6 a.m to, to 6 a.m <laughs> he wants all of you he doesn't want a part of you you are his treasure you're his prize you are his beloved he made you he created you he put all of these situations in place to shape you and to chisel you. He caused you to survive and to endure so much. Why? Because he loves you because you're his. Even there's a scripture that says the Lord is your husband. He's your father. He's your refuge. He's your shelter. He is everything to you. So even like, um, and just even bring it back to the, to the business aspect of it. If you look at everything that I was doing then, I was building this thing outside of God. I was building something that I thought that I could do on my own strength. And it didn't come to anything. Because at the end of the day, you can experience amazing success on your own strength. You can do it all, right? Um, and then you're still not doing it all because God gives you the breath in your body. He gives you activity in your limbs. He gives you all of that. But you can do all of that, but yet, if you if it's not empowered by the Holy Spirit, you are not you are not reaching your full potential because when it's empowered by the Holy Spirit, it is uh, it is reaching more people. It is making more of an impact. And there are spiritual um, there, there's spiritual wickedness in high places. There are principalities. There are things that as leaders, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we are going to have to contend with so we can break into new industries so that we can um, set free our community so that we can make the type of impact that the reason, the very reason that we even started our businesses, right? So now it's gonna take the Holy Spirit to do the things, to activate the vision. Why? He gave you the vision. God is the one that put the vision within you. So it's gonna take him to make it come alive. Now, let me just tell you, when I talk about owning my kingdom identity, this was a journey for me of overcoming fear, of overcoming insecurity, of overcoming doubt, of learning and navigating and learning how to hear God's voice. It was just so important for me because as I learned and I, as I understand now that I know God's voice, I know what's not God's voice. I know, okay, this that's just fear. Okay, that's just doubt that doesn't want you to tell your story. Even before I came to this podcast, I was like, nah, maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe I should do this podcast. Okay, maybe, no, let me wait. No, 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 no. The, let me tell you, God is always going to be, is, he is never going to be the voice of the accuser. The Bible uh, calls Satan, Satan, the accuser of the brethren. If you hear a voice in your mind that's accusing you or that's accusing someone else, if you hear a voice of fear and doubt and insecurity, that is not God. So that's just, that can be very clear right there. But as you get into God's word, then as you see him, you'll see who you are because he is a father. So my father, my adopted father, Bishop Poindexter, gave me my name. I was Nora Poindexter before I got married. He is my father. So he gave me identity. Even as an adopted child, as an infant, when I didn't have any identity, he gave me his identity, Poindexter. I had his last name. So a father's job is to give 
identity to the children, right? So God is giving us his identity, but we have to own it. We have to accept who we are in him. If we're still looking for somebody else to validate us, if we're still looking out there in this world for our, our, uh, our, our uh, financial, our net worth, if we're looking for our business, our, our following, if we're looking for that to validate us, it will fail every single time and it'll send us spinning. So I just want to encourage you today that if you are unsure about yourself, if you're unsure about what God calls you to do, get in your word, sit still, be quiet, listen and hear the voice of God. If you are, you're unsure about how to do this, if you've never been saved, if you've never experienced any of this, get a good church home. Um, Love of Christ Church is in Alexandria, Virginia. If you're in the area, stop by and visit us. Just Google us. You'll find us on Facebook. We have our website up, Love of Christ Church in Alexandria, Virginia. There are good churches everywhere. Um, Harvest Life Church is in Woodbridge, Virginia. If you're in this area, um, so there's so many great churches out there. You know, if you want to, um, if you need some suggestions, you know, you can inbox me and maybe I might know a church in your area. Um, but I really want to encourage you to, you know, take the time to develop and cultivate that relationship with Jesus Christ so that you can become who you truly are and own your kingdom identity. All right. I'm Nora Jessica, and this has been another episode of Soul Regimen. Thank you so much for joining me. Look, check me out on Instagram at Soul Regimen at S-O-U-L-R-E-G-I-M-E-N. I'm also on Facebook at Soul Regimen, Twitter. Pinterest, and now YouTube. All right, take care. Have a great day.